Blog Talk Radio. First World Order Radio, finally, finally, we are on the air. No doubt. All right, all right. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows, giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we are now going to make this the hottest day of the week. Others in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates the bring about specifics and the root based on value with natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air that your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding others in time, order, importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments.
zero sign The lost is found Remember them ways, remember them days When we were kings and queens Ain't nothing changed, it's still the same thing The tables just been rearranged By strangers from the same grain Take our names, then claim the land from hence We came in vain What am I supposed to do when I'm told to go to school At five years old by my mom Dukes Even though she ain't know that this education system was polluting my mind Maybe in time she rewind and find That in order for the seed to grow properly It needs enough water and sunlight See our reality is based on our environment And as it is our environment is toxic Chaotic is the chance for balance Can we stand up? I know it's a challenge But who's going to man up? Retained by whips and chains Slavery's now on the mental plane It ain't the same thing Nah, uh-uh It ain't the same thing Yeah, expect nothing Three seconds old Some more water Some fresh for you Call it a baptism Some of that dirty clean shit Keeping it right A little purification you know, three seconds so expect nothing. Still with behind the ears. Just letting you know, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather be young and not know shit than be old and think I know everything. There's always space to learn. Three seconds so expect nothing.
holidays and at the horizon The holiday end, Friday, Christmas weekend Trapped in the calendar, beastly transformations See, look, observations Cypher nano, pick the tempo, ratio Running from a dirty toe, Frito Eating Cheetos, I work three jobs Pay for three homes, Michael Reno and Tito Ten man line, the scarecrow The audience did not even sign his name because the art was created for the whole people. And when you see the folk philosophy, the philosophy.
introduce more raw leafy greens throughout the year. Raw, I cook, you know, raw. Basically, it's going to keep us acolyzed, you know, throughout you know the the, the entirety of the year, not just not just at one moment. The summer we should be acolyzed anyway because that's the time of the year right? where we're sweat. So that sweat is just like, you know, when the earth gets too hot, what happens? It, it rains. So it's cooling off the planet Earth. So when we get hot, we sweat. So the sweat is actually a good thing. It's just that uh, you know, we we tend to stink afterwards. So we oh no, I had that stench. I don't want to walk around. It's too hot. So we say it's too hot. It's not really too hot. It's just our body is not organized and unified in the proper way so that we can uh, what they call climatize or be used to the the elements as the seasons change. So that's a good, you know, the vitamin C will be all right throughout throughout the year also, but this time of year is good. And then, cause, I mean, especially if you're not doing the um, the vaccination, the flu shots and all those things like that, then you know, supplementation through this time of year will be wise, and as well as just introducing it to your diet, because those uh, elements are in the raw leafy green vegetables. Can can vitamins to you, so the most um, most vegetables. Most of all vegetables have uh, the available minerals and vitamins that's needed for the body. Including that too, though. So that. That, uh, that sugar going, <laughs> you know, like, so you have to, we have energy to that first part of the day, especially get some good fruit in, mm-hmm. good protein. But majority of the day, salad. So today, um, we'll go over um, a few of the previous meditations that we've already that we've already done. The Wahed Matthew, and also the seven monthly steps of uh, meditation, as well as the um, the abdominal, the abdominal region, the first abdominal region. They need will stimulate the breast. Will assimilate the energy, and then well, we're going to begin it or initiate it with. Uh, this is just a refresher course, I guess you could say. It's always go back over things. I mean, none of these have to be. I, I do. Me personally, I do. Uh, it's like a calendar. I I put something up on the calendar, and this is how I set out my week. You know. So I do certain things. It is good why to have a calendar. It's good to have a calendar around too, because I I notice that when I write something down, and and it's it's etched in stone. It's like I'll get it done. If I just think about it, you know, I I just be thinking about it. But if I see it on a piece of paper or look at it or just write it down, and it's in my mind for some reason, so it's, it's, I guess it's those symbols or whatever, metaphysically or how the they operate within that. Within those, uh, within the mechanism of thought, so, so I, I tend to do a certain set of meditations through the week. I won't do the same thing every day. You know, I might do certain parts of meditation every day, or like the uh, intent, 
bring it in the Mecca Ball with the chant, you know what I'm saying? Boudreaux, Mountain. So today, like I said, we're going to do those uh, first few meditations that we went over initially at the onset of Port of Action and um, some of the first um, broadcasts. Tuesday. So the first one, of course, um, if you're sitting in a, in a chair, but not to sit comfortably, mean same thing, you know, just make sure you're not blocking the energy. You can feel the energy going up. Women, um, your feet at a V shape, going towards the corners of the walls, you know, whatever corners. Both corners, the left and right corner. Sit very comfortably and relax. Uh, relax your shoulders. That's the first the first uh, point of contact is always my shoulders for some reason. And it's just, you know, I get to that mode. With my, I feel like my shoulders would be all over top of my ears or something. But they, I mean, they, really, they really relax. You just don't feel like it sometimes. Maybe it's your tongue. <laughs> okay, so... Relax the shoulders, sink down into them. Ears over the shoulders, shoulders over the hips. Pelvis is slightly tucked forward from the the, um, cockpits. Hands can be in the splendid moon mudra, where the for men the left hand will be on the bottom, the right hand will be on top, remedying. The right hand will be on the bottom, the left hand is on top. And that's your uh, choice. You can do it that way or you can flip-flop and um, internalize the energy to harmonize it, so to speak, in that manner as well. It's dependent on the individual way to do it. So relax into this posture. Legs are 90 degrees. Women, remember your feet are at the V, shape 45 degrees towards both corners, but still men are 9 degrees with the testicles hanging up the edge of the feet. Next, shoulders, cockets going forward, perineum lock on the inhale, so inhalation, inhaling, six, three, making the stomach large like a balloon. And exhale for six. Inhale once again. In heaven. Breathe out for six. One more in heaven. Stomach large like the beach ball. Hold for three. Breathe out, making the stomach go as flat as possible towards the spine. And relax. Now, breathe in, in heaven, bringing the hands over, encircling them over the head, forming Buddha prayer hands or the Hotep hands, forming them in two and place them into the sternum area, unlocking the heart region. 
This is very valuable, very beneficial. Breathe in. Okay, so now we're going to do the, we're going to uh, form the Merkaba with intent, with the intent by using mudra and mantra. The mudra is the mystic pyramid. The mantras are is om. Remember, it's om, ah, and um. Colors are purple, green, and red. So um, the first one, it'll be um, on the top of the crown chakra, and that'll be om, om, om. That's the high pitch, and then it'll be ah, the heart chakra, that's green, and it'll be um at the root chakra, and that's the color would be red. All right. So that's um that's the um crown chakra purple, um heart chakra green, uh inverted the pyramid, the Mr. Pyramid goes inverted to a V shape. And it's the root chakra red. Um. Um, So, hands of Buddha, hands of the sternum. Breathe in, form the mystic pyramid, and raise the hands over to the top of the head. And while breathing in, breathing out, this is all one breath, though, so keep the breath, holding the breath, lower abdomen. Breathe in. Make the stomach large like a beach ball. 
Go deep into the lower abdomen. Open three. Exhale towards the spine. The six. Out the nose. Breathe in the nose. Towards the spine. Reverse at the abdominal um, breathing. Hold for three. Exhale for six. No more abdominal breathing. Breathe in through the nose. Out the nose, going towards the spine, close to the posture, bringing coming up from the diaphragm. Remember the tongue locks, tongue is behind the teeth, um, at the roof of the mouth, and the chin lock, chin, it's like the neck is lifted up, spine is elongated, the neck is lifted up, and slightly tilted forward. Slightly to the forward. So that the bendu spot behind the, the soft spot behind the head, you could actually sense light coming through that area from the way you angle your chin and your neck. You see that light coming down into that area, into the palm gland region, and be able to actually visualize and know that that light's present. Going throughout the body. Okay. So breathe in again, go towards the spine, reverse abdominal breathing, hold for three, breathe out for six. No more abdominal breathing, breathe in through the nostrils, six. Stomach large like a beach ball, hold for three. Exhale for six. Go close to the, to the spine as possible. This is a good exercise for the core too, for your spine, I mean your abdomen. And it's an excellent exercise for your um, endocrine system and all your organs. It's all around, beneficial. All meditations, all exercises, breathing exercises, the breathing exercises are very beneficial. Breathe in towards the spine. Reverse the thumb on the breathing. Hold for three. Except six. One more for good medicine. One more thumb on the breathing. Hold for three. Except six. Dominant breathing. Hold for three. Breathe out for six. Now that we've stimulated it, stimulate the energy, we're going to put it into a function throughout the throughout the body. First thing we're going to do these this is the seven steps of mindful meditation. It's similar to uh, 
other mindful meditations where you focus on certain areas within and uh, lower based on the body, on that the whole physical structure. So you seven steps. Um, the first thing we do, we take eight in and out breaths. So still sitting in the same posture, sun and moon, neutral. Take eight breaths. Just breathe in. You can, it's any count that you prefer. I'm going to stick with the, the 636 myself. So I'm going to take 8636 real quick, and I'll get back at you. Okay, back. I went ahead and threw off the deck. Uh, two in the background. I was in, I was not on the fourth breath, so, you know, I'm saying, come on. Well, so after the eighth breath, um, and during the eighth breath, actually, be clear of your attention. Where you how to be focused on the thoughts and the the thoughts the 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 only there for that brief moment to transition from one to the to the next. So you have the ability to be focused on it and allow it to stay there, or you have the ability to exclude it from the place where it can gain independent So. Around that manipulate the breath so that it does feel comfortable. 
that means you may need to slow it down, take shorter breaths, take longer breaths. You drop the catch that breath. It may it that's why sometimes you got in more stages, so got to do stages, so you are doing certain like breathing exercises and whatnot. You have new boxes of blocked. It may be due to the amount of oxygen you're taking in and the way that you made it. It's impossible. So the breath might not be allowed to go to each area possible. When you're a little flawed, it, you know, certain things is best to Oh, and breaking too at this day. So, because I, I didn't, I was doing the text for a minute. I don't know what to say right now. If I can remember, I'll speak. Okay. So, we got this. We go through the body here in, the, uh, in these spots. So, all kinds of things. So, you adjust my breathing. Then, now, first, we inhale what you're going to do. After you feel comfortable, you feel that you hear each body part. Then, we will inhale at the base of the floor and let the oxygen breath and tensions. Go all the way down to the bottom. So when we inhale from heaven, the burden, let it go to the base of the floor. Then allow that energy to come in from the So imagine coming from the end of the Allow the energy to go to both 
shoulders. If you're male, go to your right shoulder, then down to your right elbow, into the wrist, and out the tip of your fingers, and the left arm for a female. Then do the opposite arm. You can do bendu dot, I mean the bendu spot, back to the head spot spot. To the base of the skull, down the spine, to the shoulders, into the opposite arm. The opposite elbow, or the opposite shoulder, the opposite elbow, then to the wrist, then out the tips of the fingers. And really feel the energy coming out the fingertips, not the palm. Nice breathing once again. Breathing at the base of the throat. Get down the central nervous system in the front of the body. Get down to the lung, to the liver, and breathe down, out, bladder, not the coat. Breathing up. Relax. Inhale once again. Breathe into the sternum, heart chakra, the middle of the chest. Let the energy go down to the intestines, all the large intestines. Now the breath, sensation, breath, breathe, go throughout the entirety of the body. We feel energy going in each organ, each muscle, each tendon, each liver, each tissue. Every fascia, every cell, every molecule. There, come on with yourself. This is you, this is your works. Grab it and love it. Give thanks. Thank <laughs> you. 
And he said, if you do that, he has a lot of
probably been like more like five. So, brother, those those steps uh, they they help. Um, they greatly improved some of my techniques with some of the techniques that I had already in Jefferson. It greatly improved the result techniques. So the, the last aspect of the meditation so it's on should be uh why not the root. Why not the root because uh, that meditation that we you know for a few times it's basically uh we need the infinite intelligence of the celestial order why the root. So what we do is again we will Started off by closing off the right nostril with thumb, and then right index finger to the screw the first and put it high ground. Get the um, chin lock going, and then um, exchange the whole chin lock throughout the throughout the inner side. Then we breathe in through left nasal passage and clear out. Blow out breathing into the left toe. Blow out kind of force to get out any blocks. Any needles. Breathing in. Clear out of anything in there. Do it. Okay, so um, then switch off to I mean, your right middle finger is holding the left nostril. Take the right thumb off your, you know, so breathe in and clear it out the right. Alright, go back and close off the right nostril again while still holding that index finger at first I reach. Closing off the right nostril. Go. So you breathe in through the left nostril. Seven seconds. You close it off, feel, feel the breath, feel the lungs of 75%. That's the full capacity. Here we close off the, close off the left nostril, middle finger. Root lot, bring up the bring up the perineum, and start the pumps. The lower abdomen. So the abdominal region is going to so breathe in through the left nostril, holding down the right nostril, the right thumb. Breathe in seven seconds, making the stomach large like a beach ball. Goes off the left nostril, the right middle finger, and then commission the pumps. The pumps are watching it hang down the roof, so if you watch it hang down the roof, pumping this stuff in and out each time on why. Pump in, watch it, watch it, hey, watch it, pump, hey, pump, die, pump, 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 pump
did it kind of slip. So after um, do that more than four times, you can do it as many times as you feel comfortable. I normally do maybe at the most fifteen. At the most fifteen, but I, if I'm just depends on how much time I have throughout the day or what I'm doing that day or whatever. But um, at the least, I do seven. Seven. So it's basically one rep is left and right. That's one. Both nostrils. Seven times. So now after collected that, after we've done that, we stimulated left and right. Um, energy was left and right. Brain connected those two energies together. Breathe in. We'll bring the hands down, back down the sun, moon, 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 or I, I like the, on this part, I like the, the, the left hand grab, grabs the right thumb and sits inside the right thumb. Left hand sits inside the right thumb. Grasping. By grasping the right thumb. I'm still in I hold this person choose your own type of movement and you. So after that part of the just right after that, you know, after that last part of the meditation, take one breath, move the breath down to the chakra, bring it up the spine. It's a red color going to the pomegranate bash. Back down the spine and the front goes it goes up the back and comes down in front of the spot. Goes back to the root chakra. Breathe in twice through the mouth. Take two sips. The first one's up through the nose. That's the red color going up the back of the spine. Then going to come over to the crown. Then take two more as it goes down the front of the spine. To the front of the body. Take two more sips in. And imagine black coming up. Spine. And going to the bendu spot. And out the bendu spot as wings. Golden wings. By counting to 81 and holding the, the breath. This is kind of intricate, this part, so remember, recall, this is right after you've taken the, the uh, done the last part of the Wahed Nagaru pumps, left and right. So if you breathe in through the, through the nostril, both nostrils, match the color red, rushing up the back of the spine, going to the pineal gland, and coming down the front of the spine, then imagine the color as it goes back to the root chakra, imagine the color black going up the spine and going to the bendu spot at the back of the, the pineal gland, then going to the bendu spot at the back. First, imagine going up the spine to the pineal gland, then going to the bendu spot, out the bendu spot, forming golden wings at that area. Now, remember to take two sips, two sips of breath. Into the nose, 
rig comes up to five. Going down, flat. Going back to the root chakra to bend. Two breaths. Going up the spine, color black. Up to the spine region, then to the finger spot region, out to the area. Soft spot located, forming golden wings. Breathe 80, count 81 heartbeats. 81 heartbeats. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. But hold your breath. 2, 3, 2, 4, 2, 5, 2, 6, 7, 2, 8, 2, 9, 13. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 13. 15, you can't hold it all the way to 81, then you know, excuse it, let it go. When we breathe out, we're going to breathe out the sound ha and imagine colored green going throughout the entirety of the body from. The Bindu spot where the golden light, the golden wings are located, all the way down to the tip of your big toes, to the earth, to the mother earth. So breathe out. <sighs> Color green from the top of the head all the way down. Remember that. And go through the microcosmic orbit. A lot of energy to settle first for a few minutes. Just for a moment, just catch your breath, gather yourself, organize it. You know, pretty much get back to you. You already used it. Sometimes I just be like, you know, I feel a little spacey or something like that. I'm like out there, but I just. I know I'm coming back to this round, so I just gather myself, see what I'm thinking, observe certain things, and then I collect the energy and all that, the, you know, the intelligence, and I recycle it, and we can let it go into, you know, Lord Dantian, the region at the belly, at the navel region, an inch above, or half an inch. Get about spiral, circulate, then go into the microcosmic orbit from the lower face to the spine. Back, going up and around, breathing out at cleft under the nose. Breathe in when it goes up to the perineum. Let it go back to the spine, the area, the face of the nose. Third and fifth lumbar vertebrae, then going back up. Spine. Breathe out when it gets to the nose. And then allow it to go back up to the perineum. Breathe in. Making the stomach large like a beach ball. Then she goes around again, goes through. When it gets to the crown chakra, then to the nose. Exhale. Going down to the front. 
into perineum, breathe in, making the stomach large like a beach ball, once again, then around to the governing vessel, up the crown chakra, then breathe out when it reaches the nose. Down perception vessel. Breathe in once again. Bring up the perineum, the root lock. Now imagine the energy, the the cycling ball of energy going back into the lower Dantian region. And there, we'll let it rest. See it glowing and cycling, circling, undulating in that area, stimulated and full of vitality. All right, so that was the Y head. I had not the root along with uh, seven mile steps meditation. And let's not forget, well, let's go ahead and get that, uh, bring the metro ball back in for our kid. So we put our hands back into the, we're sitting there, I guess we're sitting there still, we're in the meditation still, we're in that, in that posture. I'll bring the hands back into the sun and moon mudra or the, uh, the last mudra may have been. Still in the mind mudra. I'll bring your hands back into the sun and moon mudra. Then circulate, uh, bring them over the head in the circle and bring them back through the hands, sternal. Breathe in. Form Mr. Pyramid, the inverted Mr. Pyramid going to the root chakra, and the colors will be red, green, and purple, or violet, and the sounds are um, ah, and um. So the root chakra is um, then the heart chakra is green, is um, and the crown chakra is violet, and um. So, um, ah, ah, Put your hands to what's called 
tiger's mouth. Basically, you just uh, make a, the same bee that was made with the, with the inverted Mr. Pyramid, and you place it on your abdomen. Very comfortable. Keep the shoulders comfortable and relax, and you just rub your hands, circulate your hands and around your abdomen, all the way from your diaphragm down to your sacrifice. Circulate your hands in a counterclockwise way, being nine times, and in a clockwise way, women. And then bring your hands back. Breathe in. For men, your left hand should be on the bottom, your right hand should be on the top. Left hand's touching the stomach. For women, your right hand should be touching the stomach. And the left hand's on top of it. So hands are together like this, breathe in. You breathe out hard. Making the stomach go as flat as possible to the spine once again. Breathe in, breathe out hot. Alright. That was bad. I felt you. I'm gonna do it again in the morning, so you know, that was that was really just the uh I guess that was the, the test run for me to tomorrow. Get me in the mood, bang. I'm in the mood for meditation. Um, right. It's always good to have spirits singing bowls around too when they need it. God, it's always coming. It's so today's topic of tips and tricks is um. Uh, Misplaced items. Vinegar, we spoke on before, but I was talking to someone earlier about uh, mentioning uh, vinegar for for belching, like for gas and stuff like that. Drinking vinegar after uh, after a meal. 15 minutes, 30 minutes, like a teaspoon of them. Um, good to help with the enzymatic action and stomach or bring the hydrochloric acid so that the foods break down with properly after a good heavy meal. It don't matter if it's heavy meal or not. You know, take a good twig or some apple cider vinegar with mother, you know, prefer, I guess that's the unfiltered unpasteurized version, organic with months. Just say it on the bottle. It's pretty, pretty strong. It's good, though. It's good. So, just take a sip of that. I'm pouring it over in that, too. Over there. And slow down on it. Yeah. Something I tried a couple of times is called uh, oil pulling. 
Well, co- is, is you, what you do is you use uh, any type of oil. I use coconut oil myself. It's a immune system enhancer. It's good for the skin, good for the, you know, it's good for the goose must be good for the gander. So, I, you know, I, I like the, I like the coconut oil. It seems, it seems to be working for my nails. Uh, growing. I never had nails like that, but I'm also doing the attacks and that stuff. Like amazing, my nails like they won't stop growing for some reason. I still bite them, and I, I don't bite them like that. It's like the habit. Of, What's wrong with you? Burn your nails. <laughs> it's a bad habit. I, I might need to cut my fingertips off. <laughs> I have to be nubbing, really <laughs> biting on my nubs. I but um, what you do with well, what I've noticed when I did it is that it um, it actually did help with skin, like uh, skin. If I had it, like the, I think about a week later, I went running and I came back and I didn't. I took off all the sweat, cold, sweaty clothes, or whatever. But I noticed, like, but I didn't take a bath. About three hours later, but I noticed on my arm, I looked at my arms, they had dry, and I saw the dry spots were like where my skin was clearing up, and the skin, the old skin, was taking out these like these uh, like these things, you could say, you know, spots where my toxins, the toxins or the acidity was coming out of my body to detoxing. So I did the oil pill. Probably I did it when doing like two weeks or something like that with the um with the coconut oil and that I saw that helped but I didn't you know where everything else I, I really didn't notice. I'm feeling a lot different though. I mean it's good for uh the skin, but it's also good for the teeth. Helps whiten the teeth. It uh, helps with halitosis, um, like bad breath or morning breath. Um Helps with cavities, uh, less jaw pain. It can help with sinus issues because it's going to get mucus out the body by getting impurities out the body. Um, help with sleep problems because you know if there's anything going on in the intestinal tract, then it can cause us to uh, rise out of sleep um, abruptly and repetitively. You know, so we have those uh, insomnia issues. So and it also helps with um, alleviation of uh, headaches too, because once those impurities or toxins are reduced or alleviated out of the body, then headaches can be alleviated as well. If anybody has uh, been drinking, they can do the a coconut oil or uh, oil pool to get to help with the um, the hangovers the next morning, or if they want to go ahead and knock out having a hangover and don't even get one, would the night after drinking, not um, necessarily right after drinking because it might cause uh, nausea and vomiting, but maybe an hour after the person has passed out. But it, it also helps with uh, skin issues too, like I was saying, you know, with the eczema or acne, something like that, psoriasis. But the oil pool, what you do is, and this is ancient. It's been around for a minute, like an Ayurvedic medicine stuff. Or just uh, something 
that we as the, our ancient ancestors were doing in time memorial to uh, alleviate certain things at the body at certain times. So this is uh, one way of doing that, and it's called the oil pool. So get coconut oil, and you get a teaspoon of it. Basically, just, I mean, a tablespoon, you get a tablespoon of it, and basically you just take a tablespoon and put the tablespoon of oil into the mouth and you swish it around 20 minutes. That's like gargling almost. But what you don't want to do is, is like, bump, 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 you know, just hard into it. It's going to be a little period of time, 20 minutes, not a short period of time, so. It's going to be a lot of spit collected in the mouth. So collect the spit in the mouth. Don't swallow the spit because it's going to have, you're going to be building up toxins in the spit as well. So that's where the toxins are going to go with inside the oil. And just switch it around. You know, I don't think I did 20 minutes. I think I did like 10 to 15 minutes. And also, um, it was something else that was different. Um, oh, I think I used more than a uh, tablespoon of the oil. Because I, I ain't had any instructions. I would go in there and like that. Yeah, I, I, I was in you know, the computer or whatever. But I, I do it about so, But I, I think I used like half a cup or maybe it was a third of a cup of oil. Um, so that's like a half tablespoon. It was plenty. I know that much. And uh, yeah, but I switched it around for about 10, 15 minutes. It builds up. So you build it up, and then after about the, the 10, 20 minutes, you know, in, in between that range, you know, 20 minutes, you really want to get it on the bottom of that. So 20 minutes, spit it out into the trash can and throw it away. And that's uh, that's the oil pool. It pulls out the toxins in the body, you know what I'm saying? So it, it actually helps, like I said, it works. I noticed it cheap as well now that I think about it. I may do it again here soon since I'm speaking on it. It came to my mind earlier. Um, that's something you can do every once in a while, uh, weekly, monthly, you know, that... um. The apple cider vinegar. Otherwise, on that note, though, you could do that day to day after a meal to help with digestion, and it's just all around good health by drinking it. You know what I'm saying? It helps with health. Before we get into today's topic of giving thanks, uh, also, if anyone wants to give thanks personally for anything and for anyone. Like I mentioned in the um synopsis of the day F. You can call in, you know, call in and give thanks or whatnot, that'd be peace. But um parasites are prevalent in American society as well as in 
in in society in, in general in the world. Parasites are all over the place. Well, you already know. I'm, I'm talking about as far as inside of uh, our bodies. They, yeah, parasites out there too. They they live. Okay, but um, <laughs> the kind of, these are a few common symptoms of um, parasites being present in our body, in our, somewhere located in our body. One of the most common is constipation. Constantly patient. But constipation, constipation uh, occurs because it'll be large worms or, or parasites inside the common bile duct and the intestinal tract, and it'll make it hard for elimination to occur. So we become constipated. And not knowingly, it's, it's due to those large, large parasites. That do the heavy worm infection, though. It's like uh, a heavy buildup in that face. Sometimes the diarrhea can occur. I mean, uh, not diarrhea, but constipation can occur due to the lack of um, fluids or fiber in the, the stool. So it so it'll become hard. And in that hardened state, it's not going to push out. It will be more soluble to where it'll push out with fluid attached to it due to the lack of uh, fiber and any other fluids that are not present due, due to salt and sodium being uh, put into the system too much. Right. Uh, so constipation, diarrhea is another sign because of uh, some of the parasites produce um, prostaglandin, which is the hormone-type substance. And when that happens, that's when that sodium and that chloride is introduced to the stool, making it, making it very watery. So one end if it's sodium is being created, it makes it watery. And when it's taken out, it makes it, uh, it makes it have constipation. And when we do have a diarrhea type of situation going on, it is the parasite. Um, that's the function of the parasite. It's not the body trying to get rid of it. The infection at that time is actually um, just, but it's just one of the natural properties of the parasite as far as the um, sodium and chloride being leached from the body. Gas and bloating is another symptom that occurs because the, um, the parasite. And whatnot. Some of them live in the upper small intestines and they inflame the area and produce 
what feels like ass and bloat or distension. So, like, if we eat some raw fruits or something and our stomach gets kind of big or we get gas uh, frequently, then it could be due to uh, parasite base in the um, upper small intestines right in this coming out of the dorsum to right there with the pancreas and the stomach is a persistent abdominal distension is what happens the stomach just keep getting big right after you eat something like that beans, raw fruits, anything that give gas. Uh irritable bowel syndrome is another symptom. Parasites can irritate or inflame the intestinal wall, intestinal cell wall, and that can cause um, malabsorption of nutrients, which can lead to um, bulky stools. You know, so especially when fatty substances are not being absorbed, so those that fatty substance comes out in the feces. Um, one of the most common symptoms is joint and muscle aches and pains. It's another common symptom. Um, due to the fact that the parasites will move and or what they are migrating, what is called ENCYST, into the um, joints, into the fluids of the joint. And when the parasites insist into the joints or the muscles, what happens is, is pain, and the pain sometimes is uh, misdiagnosed with arthritis or something like that or inflammation, but it's actually a result of um, tissue damage from the parasites being in that area, that general area of the body, as well as said, amount of time. So if we ever get pain like somewhere in the body and it keeps coming back, like it might leave and then so it come back like a, a month later then it might lead is an allergic reaction or something, but the parasite is going to get the, like the first bid, you know, first come, first serve, very basic type thing. Wherever the, the point of uh, least resistance is, that's where the toxins are going to be uh, affected more frequently. Like the first thing, that's where it's going. The parasite is going to get the first but blood or whatever. But arthritis and uh, inflammation can be a misdiagnosis of what is actually going on. It may be parasites or whatnot inside those those joints in the body. Uh, anemia is another symptom. Uh, some varieties of, uh, of these parasites or intestinal ones attach itself to the mucosal lining of the intestine. So when they do that, that leaks the nutrients out as well. And that is cause um, blood loss and certain types of iron deficiency. So uh, anemia can occur due to and they they're diagnosed as anemia, but they won't. Or and then I was, you know, put the people on iron pills or whatever and then eventually the person may have gastrointestinal problems. And but they're never diagnosed or they they may never go in and say, You might need to 
parasites, you know, give you a blood, test your blood and see what, if you have any parasites in your stool and test your stool or whatever and um, if you have any stool in your blood. But then sometimes they don't, you know, doctors don't even go that route because maybe they don't know, you know, there's a parasite going on and flesh this out. Um, okay, so that's anemia, another um, common symptom is allergy um, because the parasites they can irritate the intestinal lining, causes undigested food particles to go through the blood, to the body, and that will trigger the body's immune system or the immune system's response to produce um, higher levels of uh, like free radical scavengers. And it's if they're not needed, they can become they can inflame the body tissue and that results in malaria reaction. Which is um basically allergy. So if you ever notice uh swell up if a person swells up or something or has a, has an allergic reaction to um certain type of food elements or air or perfume, colognes, or scents, I said air, but scents. And it may be an allergic reaction due to parasites in the body already. Then that parasite is feeding on the undigested molecule Maybe because I'm not chewing enough or I'm talking while I'm eating or I'm not focused on my digestion process. Something else going on is drawing my attention away from where I'm, I'm taking what's taking place at that moment. But it could uh, easily cause food to be undigested and then activate that immune system response to where I increase the activity of what is called Asanafils, and that's uh, one of the body's fighter cells, but it just, uh, if, it's, if it's being harnessed and not used, then it can result in an allergic reaction, and that can cause other issues. Another symptom is skin conditions. Um, skin conditions can be hives, rashes, eczema. Um, ulcers, sores, itchy skin like dermatitis and whatnot. That's from the um basically from the worm invasion body and you know, toxins are coming out. And the the eggs are, are being planted through the skin, stuff like that. It's all type of nasty. Um so it's always good to detox, purify, because it's stuck in the air and all over the place. Encourage the body to meditate. Qigong stinks, you know, it's good inside. Keep good food going in. You know, what goes in, go out. Um, Granulomas or granulomas are another common symptom. 
granulomas, they, they're, they're like tumor, you know, the tumor-like masses that um, encase destroyed large or parasitic eggs. So they they develop in the colon of rectal walls and it can also be found in the lungs, liver, and uterus. But that's a granuloma, a granuloma. That's the first time I heard of that one, though, you know, so I never, never really did any research on that. But that's a granuloma, tumor-like masses that encase destroy large parasitic eggs, and they develop in the colon or rectal wall, and it can also be found in lungs, liver, and uterus. Another symptom, um, nervousness. Uh, restlessness and anxiety are often the result of systemic parasite infestation. Parasitic metabolic waste and toxic substances can serve as a certain type of irritants to the central nervous system, causing restlessness and anxiety. That nervousness could be caused by having an overabundance of parasitic of a parasitic infestation. Uh, remember, what we did the herbal cleanse um, a few weeks ago. That's a good one. I think that was on uh, Breathe Again, Possibly, or Dreams, Acid. One of those, one of those uh, last episodes, previous episodes, but uh, or previous broadcast, we mentioned uh, the detox, and it's the herbal detox, the thorough herbal detox. I didn't bring that. I was going to bring that to the table tonight. That helps with uh, detoxing, getting those tapelines or not out. Uh, oh, but sleep disturbances is another symptom. Um, waking up in the middle of the night, you use the phone like between 2 and 3 o'clock. It's uh, basically due to the fact that the uh, toxins Deliver is operating at that hour, and the toxins are um, wanting to be reduced out of the body because of, uh, of the multiple effects of uh, or the multiple factors of toxicity that is in the body. So, according you know, according to traditional Chinese medicine, this hour is governed by the liver. So, the liver being uh, being that it's governing. Is governed by the hour. He's waking up and like, look, I got to get this up out of here. Let me get this out of my blood real quick. So we wake up and we go to the bathroom between two and three o'clock. And it also uh, sleep disturbances can also occur due to um, nocturnal exits of certain parasites through the anus and or the penis area or vagina. And this can create a discomfort and an itchy type of effect. You notice people that are always itching in that area or or whatnot, they it may be parasites coming out of the sweat glands or out of the um, actual um, hole in, in those spots. Um, teeth grinding is another symptom. Abnormal grinding, like clenching and gnashing on the teeth, putting the teeth to one side at night while you're sleeping, like grinding on the teeth and stuff, that's a sign of um, a parasite. Um, chronic fatigue, 
That's another sign of um, parasites within the body, flu-like complaints, pains in the body, tired, uh, depressed, um, faulty memory. And this is due to the malabsorption uh, of proteins, carbohydrates, fats, and um, especially vitamins A and, and B12. Like for again, leaching the nutrients, and this causes a malnutrition type of uh, residual, and it affects us uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Parasite is. The parasite can basically look upon like that little that joint in the matrix, you know, what's it called, the sentinels, something, and they run through Zion or through the through that vast little network they had going on, tunnel system, the labyrinth of the brain, basically. But those parasites are in there, you know what I'm saying, uh, as those sentinels going in there and shooting them down. Get them down, get them down, what they're doing it in the first place. But it can cause uh, certain things like that. They they leech in on our, um, on our intelligence. So it causes the body to adapt to all types of other things. So, but immune dysfunction is another, and this is, um, yeah, it's, a, it's one of the, it's the last most common symptom of parasites in the body, immune dysfunction. Um, the, the parasites depress the immune system, so to um, the presence of, of uh, the abundance of parasites in the body over a large period of time. And it, it can actually reduce and exhaust our, our defense system, leaving us vulnerable to just about any Infection out there, or bacteria, or viral infection. But um, as I said on the onset, good things to keep around that that black black uh, walnut. No, not black walnut. Black seed oil. Keep the immune system strong. Um, vitamin C, zinc, astextin, astextin. That's the the astextin. That is A-S-T-A-X-A-N-T-H-I-N, as Texan, or as Texan. And also for the detox, I talked to a brother. We had uh, spoke on on the detox, but the good brother called me back. He was uh, mentioning to me that uh, everything worked out to his best uh, interest on detox and whatnot, but what the brother did, he did the um, three-day fast, three-day water fast, um, and he included, I think he was eating watermelon or something like that, but he included um, black walnut and wormwood. So the black walnut and the wormwood mix on the detox to get the parasites out. He said he was flushing, flushing. It was like he and the, he said the, the second day after the first uh, this part of the fast and just the water and he did everything but the enema. He didn't do the enema, but um, he said that first day after that first day he got to the second day. He said he had so much energy. He felt his normal self and everything because he wasn't feeling um, to his uh, he wasn't even feeling average. You know, it's like he just wasn't feeling himself. 
past like month or so, but he went through that detox and he came out. He called, he called text me or something. Text me, yeah. And he's like, man, he, he just felt a lot better. And it's like he, he could feel it actually leaving his body the next day. The parasites getting out of his body and stuff. He saw it in the stool and just, uh, you know, that's what's up. So that black walnut and um, wormwood, yeah, that's good. That oil pool is good, too. The coconut oil or whatever type of vegetable-based oil will not hydrate. That's, of course, <laughs> some organic uh, organic non-GMO uh, coconut oil is what I use personally. And um, the tea, elderberry, black elderberry, you can use warm wood and black walnut too as the tea. That's pretty good as well. Alright, so as I mentioned earlier, if you would like to call in and get thanks, you know, call in and get thanks. Um, this, this part of the app right here, I'm going to get this on, go through a uh, small list. Of, it's, not really a, it's not really a long list. It's not an hour's worth. People are going to get thanks to brothers and sisters. Just, but um, it's great. We get thanks to my mother and father, good friends. Give thanks to uh, the First World Order family. Give thanks to all you out there. Give thanks to um, everything that I have everything that I don't have and everything that I will never have. Um, we'll give thanks to give thanks to Grandmaster Seattle Saraswati. Uh, give thanks to Her Highness the Empress Dasi Seattle Washington Tunica Ghost of Mel Bay. Give thanks Give thanks to the Prophet Noble Drew Ali, also known as Sheikh Sharif Abdul Ali. Give thanks. Give thanks to Dr. Malachi V. York. Thanks. Give thanks to Marcus Messiah Garvey. Give thanks to Dr. Ben Joker. Thanks. Benjamin Banneker. Give thanks to Journal Truth. Give thanks to Harriet Tubman, Matt Turner, Frederick Douglass. Give thanks George Washington Parker. Give thanks Dr. Henry Clark. Give thanks. Give thanks to El Hajj Malik El Shabazz Chuck. Give thanks to Hannibal Cartage. And give thanks to all those who came before and all those who come after. And I know it's a infinite amount of brothers and sisters. So give thanks to all and to everything and everyone. 
in between. Most definitely, it's something that we should all take into initiative and um, apply that into our life. Is just always get thanks. Like the last thing I do, well, maybe the first thing, but when I go to bed at night, right when I lay my my head on my pillow, <laughs> I always. This is my little secret too, so don't go giving it away to everyone. Now I always, I, I do I cool. I said, goon, goon, I said. Right as soon as I put my head on that pillow, I get thanks. I was like, do I cool? I, you know, that means get thanks to a praise to the ancestors. And I said, goon, goon, get spirit to the ancestors. So, you know, it's like that. And then in the wake up in the morning, I would turn and put my feet down on the ground as soon as I touch feet to the ground. Do I cool? I said, goon, goon. Every meditation, every time I say something, whatever it may be, um, in the, inside the meditation, like if, we're, if I'm going through the new pools and I'm like at the end of the whole new pool, um, and uh, the last new pool I think is Haikabu. Uh, I have I am on the white teeth, so Haikabu or Haikabu. So um, right after that, uh, new pool hakabu. Then it's like do aku. I said boom boom. I said I go into another part of the, the meditation or whatever was going on that morning, you know. But uh, it's always good to give thanks for everything, you know. There's it, one thing I've learned in uh, going about day to day, like when people ask you uh, how you doing or not. And, you know, people say, I, I'm, I'm good, I can't complain. And then, you know, I thought about that. Why do we complain in the first place? And why don't we give thanks for even our complaints for things that have happened in our life that are not necessarily what we wanted to happen in the first place? Because for everything, and every, everything has purpose and has, has reasons. It might not be the purpose and reason that we are looking at at that moment as the objective reality is giving us the opinions that we are focusing on. So as we deal with our intelligence or as we elaborate and then we discern between those thoughts or whatever and those, those ideas as they formulate to an active stream of uh, physicality, we can see and, and notice if it is apparent truth or if it's someone else's experience, not something that we might want to go through, but just slowing it down, things like that helps and whatnot. But uh, we should always give thanks, though. Like, you know, it helps build up a, a, a sense of awareness of oneself by noticing other people and other things in our existence as being one and not not having that complaint going on and taking place throughout that process. So um, it's a poem I wrote. It's called uh, Life is Full. I want to read it real quick. I may have read it before. I wrote this a year or so ago to a friend of mine, a brother I went to high school with, passed away unexpectedly, and uh, it was just on my heart. I never 
really gave it to anyone or nothing like that. But it, I wrote it in regards to the brother. So give thanks to the brother and his family. Again, it's called Life is Full. Um, life is full of ups and downs, highs and lows. It comes and goes. Life is full of good and bad, happiness and sadness, looking back and moving forward. Life is full of wants and needs, selflessness and greed, giving instructions and taking orders. Life is full of sisters and brothers, friends and foes, becoming younger while getting older. Life is full of wisdom and folly, temperaments and jolly, living for today, less stress for tomorrow. Life is full of this and that. I should have, I would have, I could have, in fact, all plans were followed. Life is full of credits and debts, accomplishments and regrets. I'll get it done, have patience. Life is full of parties and fights, who's wrong, who's right. You just walked away, now I miss you. Life is full of memories that empower, emotions that can sour, dangling from a necklace of feelings. Life is full of I want more, I want more. What about him? What about her? First things first, take care of the children. Hold up. I just had a moment. Good <laughs> thanks. Take a deep breath. And I'm back. Okay. Um, all right. First, uh, things first, take care of the children. Um, life is full of tickets and traffic. We're moving in the fast lane. It's hard to see the truth through tinted windows. Life is full of bag of habits. I see it. I got to have it, <laughs> even if it's just a spoonful. Life is full of hot and cold days. Light and dark days, sun rises, then that shines the moon. Life is full of family and strangers, meetings and greetings. Why are you leaving so soon? Because life is full of ups and downs, highs and lows. It comes and goes. So live life to its fullest. Peace, prosperity, protection, and fear. Yeah, that was a poem, like I said, I wrote a couple of years ago. Um... In the passing, in the transition of a friend, I, uh, it's uh, something, you know, uh, I actually got a little emotional right there. It's all good, though. So. Get thanks, you know. Because we do need to make sure the children are good. Anything, I, I look at children like they're, they're my teachers. You know what I'm saying? Those are true teachers. They were sent here to give us a lesson. If uh, our parents would learn from us, you know, some of them are actually now because they, they see that certain things that they went through were not necessary and maybe not even what they uh, had expected in the first place, you know and as they see us and we are on a different stream of light than they were as far as the spectrum of the rainbow is concerned, they're, um, 
they're, they're noticing that, like, you know, like, wow, so, you know, we're doing a little bit different. We're doing it different, but the same and in a different, but it, with a different regards to who we are internally, not just the, the physical thing, you know, and it's starting to become a almost good habit because, of, you know, people are starting to pick up on identity and are actually accepting yourself for who they truly are and not allowing the outside interests to manipulate their mind and change who they truly are. Or once they have, you know, awakened from that flu state, they're noticing themselves and they've been able to, to shine through. That's what's up. But at that point, we call life a school. thought it might be appropriate for the, you know, the holy days coming in, called Thanksgiving. And uh, some, you know, some things about Thanksgiving are somewhat misleading um, or misguiding due to misrepresentation who we would call who we are basically as the indigenous people of this land called uh, the United States of America or the corporate United States. So as long as we've been with thousands of years really now, but the last 500 years being misrepresented as um, which I guess say black American or colored African American Negro, um, and I I placed that on the uh, slideshow was actually a tag for uh, Native American Indian because it, it's a statement similar to um, black African American. They're redundant and uh, oxymoron. It's like you're saying, we're saying, you know, a lot of things about placement of of uh, nationality, where as far as it's concerned, in title and the determination of that placement through the title. So if I'm saying uh, Native uh, American Indian. The native being a uh, place of birth, and American being just with America, and then the Indian being, and you know, India is not in America, so India is in the east, because of course we know the story of Columbus and whatnot, Christophe Colomb coming over to the West, what he called the West Indies, the nationality was the careers in. Uh, for the Caribbean islands and and to make the area of Haiti. And when he got there he saw those the Arawaks and the Tani Indians, so called Indians or people, which were in actuality the the Omits or the the indigenous people of Africa that um diasporas to towards the West, towards the Americas over thousands of years. And uh, now they were the Tatani people and also the Kairi people or the cave dwellers. And um, we mistakenly called them Indians or 
or Indos, which means God's people. So if um, the Native American Indian is uh, Indian, that means they, they, they're native to America, but they're Indian. So it's sort of like black African-American or Afro-American, we're, we're here in America. And, and then we got this, this statement of color being involved in the caste system of America or the color of law. And it's saying black, Afro-American, African-American, but we have Africa and America, two different continents, but, you know, similar to the Native American Indian uh, determination as a, a, a person, as well as that the fraudulent title of black African-American or African-American in general. Yet still, they they still miss, or the United States, the corporate United States still misrepresent the, the ideology and the, the truth of the indigenous people, the complete persona of the indigenous people of uh, America, so called America. And they and this is done through uh, different aspects of what we call Thanksgiving, like commercialization. They, I noticed that um, we don't hear anything about like uh, millions and millions of people that, or Indians, so-called Indians, natives. And I say Indian, but I, I don't mean Indian in the aspect of East Indian or West Indian. I mean God's people. But in, in truth, those Indians or those uh, so-called natives are were Moors, and those Moors were were Omics. Those Omics, or those Moors were were Washita. You know, Washita were here or or are here now, as uh, as we are now here and always have been here, for thousands for millenniums. And um, we are the fathers and mothers of uh, those other said race or other said um, cultures being so-called the natives. The natives of America are actually native meaning uh, being a place of birth. So anyone that's born in America is native to America, but being a Native American Indian, that would mean they they have happened. <laughs> you know, that's just really is not really a. Just, you can't be a Native American. It's just like you really you can't be a Black African American. It's just, there's no way that you could say, um, in America as a Native, but I'm an Indian at the same time. It's just you know, it's not happening. But because Native meaning being born in that place as a native, but then I'm an Indian as well. So India is in India, but I'm a native of America. Born. So, you know, I guess it's sort of like a Italian, a European or something, as far as like somebody being born in America, but they're Italian, so they're 
Italian American, Italian or Italian, uh, you know, Italian German American or, or well, French American, Chinese American. I, you know, I guess they'll put that on there as well. I, uh, I don't know, but they it has been commercialized as far as like Thanksgiving, and it's not really about what it used to be about as far as getting thanks and being misrepresented misrepresented thoroughly in the American culture. Because the first thing that we think about Thanksgiving is not um, being around family. I mean, we do, but I, I didn't know nothing about Black Friday. That's why Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, you know, after that Thursday. So it's called Black Friday. You know, why are you going to put black on this thing like that in the first place? We go from Friday the 13th, two weeks later, Black Friday. You know, so this fluctuation of uh, emotions is like draining, you know what I'm saying? You know, so the day after Thanksgiving, we got the day called Black Friday where every store in America I guess it's the only country I don't know. I use the um, is going to be like having blowout type sales, like closing down business type sales. To one by accident last year for the first time, I had to go to Walmart to get something. I don't know. I was just going to grab something to eat. Something probably, you know, whatever it was. When I got there, to my surprise, it was the line forming. It was already formed, but it was going from, like, you know, outside. Like, they had cones blocking, you know, different spots off where people couldn't park and stuff. It was just, it was packed like like Michael, like Michael Jackson was back, you know, and he was doing the whole bad concert at Walmart that night, you know, with all the other... Um, all the other Indians and stuff at the poltergeist. Good things. No, I'm just joking, but um, I get up in there and it's packed. I mean, like I, I, I don't think Sea World ever had this many people in the, you know, Disney World ain't had nothing on this. I was like, what the world is going on? I ain't never went to Walmart and like everybody in my town is there at the same time. You know, it's different. So, but uh, next day after. After Thanksgiving, after the day we get thanks, you know, we, we get this turkey with, you know, the turkey has nothing to do with Thanksgiving or what the day of Thanksgiving is supposedly uh, emulating or, or uh, is uh, giving thanks to. We we get this turkey and, you know, we eat the turkey. The turkey has, uh, what is that, uh, hmm. It's one of the essential amino acids. I think it's tryptophan, but it causes, uh, yeah, it causes melatonin to be uh, increased, and it causes us to be very, very tired after we eat enough turkey. If you ever notice, um, after we eat a plenty amount of good turkey, that's why eating turkey at night is actually okay for the digestive system because it won't cause an over-protein reaction to where we do that protein run back and forth, refrigerated in between the night, trying to find something to satisfy this energy or this nervous rush that we have 
due to the protein and uh, it um, depleting the salt, so we want to put or sugars as well. So we want to put it in getting the energy, so we want to put some in the body to press that. But turkey uh, causes uh, causes fatigue, causes tiredness to uh, to to uh, so we get tired, and then the next day we wake up and we go to Black Friday and buy um, the biggest flat screen that they have to offer, and, and you know, and the latest video game. And we go home and we, you know, plug in. That's what's up, though. So, you know, that's what Thanksgiving is about now, you know, eating turkey and going shopping the day after getting a couple of cheap Christmas, more cheaper Christmas presents. And, um, and, you know, that's the American tradition now, you know, as far as uh, as far as that's concerned. Now, the, now the, the story, the Roman, the Roman, the Roman uh, what's the, how do you say it, uh, romanticized version of uh, Thanksgiving as far as the pilgrims, so-called pilgrims and the so-called Native Americans concerned. You know, the old story is that... Uh, the pilgrims came over, you know, whatever, the Puritans, whatever, uh, you know, separatists. I, I, I can't really call who or what came over, and this is even a true account, but they came over, and um, it was the cold part of the year, you know, around this time of the year, autumn, and um, that, it was a good so-called uh, Indian friend named Sancho who was running around out there, and he noticed them, and they, like, you know, they were starving. So he taught them how to plant and fish, hunt. And, you know, you all heard the story before, probably, I think, was first grade, second, third, fourth, fifth, <laughs> all over the college. Uh, we've heard the story before. And then, you know, after he taught them how to, you know, do all that, the cultivating and, and surviving the uh, in that area, I guess it was, was uh, Plymouth, Plymouth Rock, you know, all that land on Plymouth Rock. The rock landed on us, right? So, but after uh, you told them that, they had the next year, after the good harvest, they had a, they so-called had a good celebration, and they called it Thanksgiving, and they commemorated that date on, that's one of the stories, and they, but you know what I'm saying, but they commemorate that date on as Thanksgiving. There's another story where uh, was Captain Smith, uh, Captain Johnson, or Captain John Mason, uh, got his army or whatever colonists together, and they went into one of the villages of Coast, and they are. Uh, some say, some accounts say that they may have went in there and let them know that they was on the way. Some, from my knowledge, it was like a real warfare where the women, children, and the men, everybody was sitting there asleep, and they went in there and lit the, um, lit the village on fire while they were sleeping and started massacring them while they was running out and stuff, you know, so that's... Uh, and that was due to something like it was, uh, they said, 
couple of the, the natives, so-called natives, had murdered a, a Caucasian somewhere. So they wanted to, they wanted to, uh, they wanted retribution. So they were looking for, looking for the murder. They went back in there and they, they uh, actually burnt down the whole joint. But after the, after they did that, what they said is, um, this is William Bradford, the governor, governor of Plymouth. Those that escaped the fire were slain with swords. Some hewed to pieces, others run through with their rapiers, so that they were quickly dispatched and very few escaped. It was conceived that they thus destroyed about 400 at this time. It was a fearful sight to see them thus flying in the fire. Father was distinct and sent thereof, but the victims being the feet sacrificed. And they gave their prayers uh, to God, who had lost so wonderful for them. Uncle, that's uh, and that was William Bradford, the governor of Plymouth at the time. Hold up. Someone is knocking at my door. It's not no, I forgot. They they probably dry though. Forgive, I forget sometimes. They dry. Come on. Uh, all right, so from there, um, it's a cold match. Oh, yeah, that, and then they had that um, the day after. They had a festivity day where they gave thanks and they had a big like uh, celebration outside of the area and they called it uh, Thanksgiving again, saying uh, it was a day of Thanksgiving that God had eliminated over 700 men and women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just from that perspective of being the foundation of Thanksgiving, I don't think that uh, you know, the indigenous people of uh, or the natives, so to speak, even the natives would uh, agree to celebrating something of that caliber, being that it, that is the foundation of, of Thanksgiving is a murderous foundation. From my perspective, from the way I look at it, you know, that that's the one of the Thanksgiving's the two dates are sixteen twenty one is when uh Squanto and so called the, the Plymouth uh, well, when the pilgrims came and whatnot. Is when they had Thanksgiving then are you what yeah, I I thought there was he's sitting out there. Uh, no, that's a uh, Hanuman. That's uh, you talking about the Monkey King? Yeah, yeah that's Hanuman. Oh. The Monkey King. You're welcome. Oh yeah, so that one says sixteen twenty one as far as like the uh, the Squanto, but the the master was in sixteen thirty seven. That's the second um, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm where they say, you know, God 
so-called uh, gave him this, I don't know, this mission to go out and, and you know, lay pillage to a, a complete village like that. Um, looking at Thanksgiving from that perspective, and we've all heard both stories before. We know that the truth of Thanksgiving is uh, indigenous. It's uh, something that has been observed way before Europeans ever so-called sat down with uh, a Native American. At times, history is transformed into what we call myths and um, bedtime stories, folklore that is based on symbolisms and different respects of a more hidden underlying um, representation of an outward expression of um, certain activities in life, like one change season to the next. So, like I said, this is something that's been observed. Thanksgiving has been observed for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It's, nothing, it's not something that is new to present-day America. Ancient story of or what we call the um, Kertimaru that was come forth by day or by light, the Book of Enlightenment, the Book of the Dead, the Assyrian religion. But these coffin texts, these pyramid texts, um, they have uh, inside of it different it has it's, it's different um, takes on aspects of man, and but is wrote in a metaphorical and allegorical manner. So and I'm, this is uh, based on basically. Um, Something I wrote a few years ago, but uh, so I'm just going to read it and then speak on speak on a little bit. So it starts out having been endowed with the gift of, the, of discernment, give thanks, uh, do a, do a, I said I chose to research more holistically the holiday, holy day. Helios Day, the Sunday, that we observed in America as Thanksgiving. Aware that most holidays or holy days are based on ancient rituals or repetitive observances, I asked myself, what then is the template for the westernized version of Thanksgiving? Most dates, in particular when pertaining to the church or Christonium, are all in conjunction with ancient Egyptian 
systemic trauma and decided ritualistic practices from time immemorial. It seems only fitting that this is where my research concluded. In the comedic story, Miss Namaksture, The Book of the Dead by European Egyptologists, it has all the elements of the westernized Thanksgiving as well as the biblical Last Supper. In other words, it has conspiracy, a feast, friends, and betrayal. To add to these intriguing ingredients is the fact that on the 17th day of Artemis or the November 25th, which is exactly 40 days after the sixth day of Tineth, that's October 17th, this is the allegorical impregnation of Isis when Osiris' seed takes place, or in other words, the planting or burying of a seed into the Mother Earth. This is when we plant seed October 17th into the Mother Earth. This event is what was upheld in ancient Egypt or ancient Kemet and ancient Kush and coincided with the special special rituals to ensure successful harvest throughout the year for the coming year. The planting of the seed is analogous to burial or death that imminently leads to resurrection or sprouting of a new harvest. On the date of November 25th, the Egyptians celebrated the event of the Last Supper and the death of Osar. Darkness overtakes light. In the format of the ancient Egyptian story, set darkness and the 72 accomplices invite Osiris, Osor, the lord of the perfect darkness, to a feast where Osor is manipulated into laying in a makeshift coffin, at which time all those involved in the plot to usurp the throne run over, slammed, and held the lid down, fastened it with nails, uh, lid from the outside. So they fastened it with nails and molten lead from the outside and then carried the coffin into the Nile and sent it on its path to the Mediterranean Sea. This story on one level is allegorically speaking of environmental conditions that are produced when the Nile River recedes to a very low level and the once fertile land becomes dry and barren. The ancients gave the name Osar to all generative and life-producing substances of nature relating to moisture in the name set to all that is degenerative and antagonist to moisture, dryness, fire, heat. So the plotting and scheming of set is the power of drought, which in turn usurps moisture and causes it to dissipate, disconnecting the Nile from its source of water that allows the annual flooding and abundance of harvesting crops. If one takes note, you will also notice how set Osar's brother can be viewed as Judas Iscariot, and Osar can be observed as Jesus Christ is the the depiction of the biblical Last Supper. The Egyptian story outdates the biblical version by 3,500 years or more, though. In both instances, there is the gathering of friends, a dinner, that eventually ends in deception and betrayal. Now you may ask how this corresponds to the Americanized ritualistic practice of Thanksgiving. Well, with the dogmatic indoctrination of the Western standard of education and history in regards to Thanksgiving, We've been taught that the so-called Indians and the so-called pilgrims sat down and had a feast together after the pilgrims had been informed on how to hunt, grow crops, and live off the land proficiently by the so-called Indians. Further information, if one researches with due diligence, will uncover that the pilgrims were actually 
seizing the land through acts of pillage and deception, and afterwards holding great feasts in honor of their conquest. So here again we have a feast, friends, and betrayal. Now taking consideration the date observed is Osar's death or the Last Supper, darkness or the darkness overtakes the light. This date is November 25th, which falls in line with now fixed for Thursday or Thor's Day, Horu Day, Horus Day, the seed or son of Osar and Aset, and that is being the last Thursday of each of each November in America. And this alternates between the 21st and the 28th, and that's dependent on the leap year within that, that system of those 365 days. All right, so Thanksgiving, the, the truth of Thanksgiving is based on an annual festival that takes place in Shemit. And it pushes it. It's an ancient ancestral festival that we've been practicing for eons. And what is what is representative of is the Nile has um, already came to a certain point where the first tier was in in June, June seventeenth is the first tier or the first raindrop. And then as uh, the last raindrop is in August, the day of Assumption, August uh, 7th, if I'm not mistaken. And it recedes, or the Last Supper is um, the 25th, 40 days after October 17th. That's when... I said was impregnated by or immaculately uh, impregnated the immaculate conception by a fall. And that is allegorically stating that we planting the seeds into the earth at that moment for um, prosperous. And then we had the Thanksgiving dinner or the Thanksgiving festival to assure a prosperous growth on the incoming um, as it cultivates and as we um, as we uh, produce that vegetation, we, we want a prosperous abundance of the harvest. So we do that. We will do an annual ritual or annual festival at that time. And, and this is due to autumn coming in and going into winter. Winter is the time of, of renewal or death, basically. So we're going from transformation, well, that space in between right there into the death state where we have less light. You know, Osiris being the Lord of the perfect darkness, also the father of Peru, light, the set being darkness. But the father is the son, and the son is the father. So Peru uh, being light or whatever, the sun, you know what I'm saying? So as it goes down or it, it sets, it goes to the darkness, but winter comes in because we have, even though we are closer to the sun, as far as, as, far as the planet, energy, 
we have less sunlight or we have less energy from the sun, but that causes us to be in a colder climate and less vegetation as well as less light. So we have, you know, 430, 530s, dark outside, so less movement, less energy, you know, in general. So that's why it's good to uh, add on with blood movers, things that's going to keep the blood moving and uh, doing the kidney rubs as well, getting our set warm, keeping it warm so she won't freeze up on us, you know, rubbing hands together, rubbing the kidneys down. Um, also, that uh, the deep um, dumos type breathing into the heart region uh, keeps it warm and it also brings about, um, it strengthens um, the external and internal bodies or whatnot. So you have uh, protection from pathogens externally and internally. But you can also see the correlations of this story of the um, comedic or the ancient um, Nuwabian story of Pertimaru, where how it also correlates to the story of Squanto or not Disquanto, but the story of the festival. Yeah, so they had the feast. Then you got <clears throat> the vegetable, the vegetation, where you know they're going to the, um, learn how to harvest. And then there's also the deception, just like at Thanksgiving. And there's uh, the natives or the people would be Osiris. And they are um, usurped by Set or the pilgrims. So they're one of the little friends. That's one of the four-legged friends is stuck on something. I don't know. <laughs> He's got it. Oh, well, but, uh, yeah. Uh, how it somewhat correlates, you know what I'm saying, similarities within the storyline of feast. Just like the Last Supper with Jesus, you got you got a feast, you have deception, and then you have um, on the flip, well, yeah, the feast, Friends and um, all the people you got a betrayal, deception. And that's a, in all three in all three respects from um, the person Maru where Set and Osar have their disagreements, or Set sets up Osar and whatnot with the feast, the friends, and the deception. Then you had the Last Supper where you have the feasts, the friends, pilgrims and, and so-called Indians, and then and the deception. Then you have um, the actual, uh, oh, Jesus. So you got the the, the Jesus story with uh, the feast, the deception, and the friends, the Last Supper. So Pertin Maru, Thanksgiving, Last Supper. Um, 
Which one's first? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that's that question again. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, I guess we can look at it like you can only take so much information away from something before it comes back to what it is. You know, so um, the Thanksgiving story could could be uh, something that was just fabricated that's based on the Perch and Maru Thanksgiving story or the, the storyline within the Perch and Maru where they may have taken the storyline from um, The Last Supper. The Last Supper came out of the Perch and Maru. The Last Supper storyline and made it into Thanksgiving storyline where you got, you know, the Sancho is Jesus, so to speak, and they they climb the rocks, you know, the mountain, transforming. What's taking place right now, like we were talking on last week with uh, Ophucus, is the transformation of energy. So that renewal is a death state. So it's a process, like an alchemy, it's a process of something. Um, transitioning from one state to another state and then being renewed in that transition to the transformation. And that takes place in that that all happens within that that vortex of energy right there that resides in that, that little window from the thirtieth to um the seventeenth of December. Not to really get into that tonight. Like that, talk about so you know, and also to in respect to some of the um, misrepresentations of like certain terminology, like a word America. America, it comes from the word Amir, taken from the French word Amir. Which means um, beloved, and the Latin word Amor, uh, from the, also the um, Italian word Amore, the um, Spanish word Morano, color of black, but these um, this was also this word Amor was the term used in reference to the Moroccan king, who later became uh, the religious, the first religious leaders of the Vatican. And these individuals also are known as uh, black noble bloodline or the black nobility. These are the illuminated, enlightened ones. And these these individuals are uh, the direct lineage of the um, the Dogon priests and those individuals from 19th Galaxy or Sirius. By way of by well from Mars by way of Sirius, 
this uh, black noble bloodline are the original Vatican priests who were the Nubian or the the noble high priest of uh, West Africa, Mali, who are the Dogon priests, were in essence, in essence are the high priests of Kemet as well. A lot of historians are misdirected, and they, you know, as far as the, the mass education is concerned, they they are not aware of the fact, or at least they don't inform us of the fact that majority of all the pharaohs, so-called pharaohs, or kings and queens of of, of Kemet were from outside of Kemet. They were from Nuba, Nuba. So a, a lot of the information that we have about the kings and queens of, of Kemet and thinking that they were indigenously from that area misleading um, the first King that or um, high priest the group that united uh, the upper and lower Egypt or lower upper and lower Kemet was uh, Mende, if I'm not mistaken, and he was from uh, he was from Kush or Ethiopia. and not necessarily from Egypt. And that's the first emperor, but most majority of all the kings and queens in that area were not from that, um, not from Egypt, so to speak. King Namir, Namir, also known as uh, King Menes. Yeah, so that's that's misleading as well. It's like uh, the, the also with the um, smallpox thing, you know, it's up like ten to thirty million natives, and the, these natives are are again Washita or, or the indigenous people, because the sisters they were what we call black Indians. You want to call them that? I don't know, but they they were um, most definitely omics or or descendants of the the omics were the descendants of the um, ten to thirty million so called Native Americans that were slaughtered by the smallpox under the smallpox at the was an occurrence that took place due to the um. Bad hygiene of, of of Caucasians, I guess you could say, or Europeans when they came over, um, you know, they're still doing the living with animals and not treating the animals properly. So some of the animals would carry diseases with them, and one of the diseases was uh, cowpox with the with the cow, and it and inevitably turned to smallpox within the humans, and. Uh, that was a very, very um, bad epidemic that caused a lot of deaths at that time. But uh, as you know, government saw this as uh, an advantage, so they 
put in the, the blanket that gave him the, as gifts to to the um, said Native Americans that were at these reservations, and you know that pretty much did the rest of the work. They 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 had to go in with guns and get to wives and the children. You know they get the you know say the bullets for later and use the bullets on the on the, the men if they have to. But that's something they don't really teach. They don't teach that that um, part of uh, history too too blatantly in history class. They might brief over it real quick. But then going back to the term America, uh, so Amir means beloved. And reek means um, power, or realm of power. And also, it's where we get the word rich from, because it can be used to be to determine wealth as well. Power is used to determine wealth. So the word America, America means beloved power realm or the beloved power. And who is the beloved? The beloved is uh, the the Madonna, the Black Madonna is the beloved, you know. As far as the the original Vatican um, priest is concerned, being the Moroccan priesthood or the the Malian the Dogon priest, or the original priesthood of uh, the Vatican. Of course, it would only be right that it would only serve right that the Black Madonna would be the emblem or the the symbol used to uphold their their matriarchal society, and that that mother energy whatnot is uh, is um, the beloved. Beloved power or the beloved the um amid rick what does uh David mean David or Dawid means beloved esoterically um we were speaking on last week how Dawid and Solomon was Solomon built the temple, but Dawid is the father of Solomon or whatnot. And uh, so the beloved star is uh, the Mecca ball, or what they what they call in in the Kabbalistic term is Dawid Mogin or Majin, which means the beloved star, Star David. And forming that, that's the America. So. Not to be, you know, caught up on title, because it is what it is, you know, as far as indigenous, and um, like a lot of a lot of us are, a lot of us are caught up on, you know, well, I'm I'm here in America. Who gives an effing about Africa, you know, whatever? I'm American. I ain't African or. Whatnot, you know, we've all heard stories that, that the truth of the matter, we were once 
landmass, you know, Pangea. So the Fertile Crescent, what we call Mesopotamia, the area where, um, where in the past was Babylonia or Samaria, some Sumer area, now it's Iran, Iraq, Syria, the area in, in general, or Israel, the Middle East. But that's the um, what they call the Fertile Crescent, the, the Middle East, the Mesopotamia. But that area, if we connected Florida, South Carolina, and Georgia to that same spot right there, it would fit down in that area. This is where the disconnect occurs. What we have over here is Atlanta, what was in the middle is Moose, and then the Moya over here is Africa or not. So this uh, Atlantis is, is uh, where we are now. But the Fertile Crescent is also was when it was Pangea, one landmass was not just what they call Mesopotamia area, where they say the all life began, but it was also the area of South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Because at that time, over what, I remember a thousand years ago, I think, everything was still connected. There's no two hundred I mean two million, three million years ago, everything was still connected. So that area was still, that landmass was still connected in that spot. So the fertile crescent where all life originated from, indigenous life, was right here in that same area that we are in today. Like if you if you're living in the area of uh South Carolina, Georgia, uh, Florida Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, all those areas are generally connected to, I mean, it's all connected regardless. <laughs> but that that one little dot is where the initial, and this, yeah, the initial comics, comic, chemics, the, those, um, Sparks of uh, energy that flew out of the came or debris that came from uh, up above flew down into the planet Earth and started cooling off. But it had those carbon molecules embedded in the nano diamond, so that those nano diamond carbon molecules inevitably turned into life as it cooled into water. As that fire cooled into water, it inevitably turned into life on the planetary level to where it could be. Um, substantiated as life as we have it now today. It took a little while, but that was that was billions. That was long before what I'm talking about with the Fertile Crescent being separated and all that. This right here, what I'm talking about with the comets in South Carolina and North Carolina and Georgia and Tennessee and uh, Florida and all that was still connected and the comets came down. That occurred millions. Of, that was Long ago, but that life that was that was um, embedded within those comets is what gave life to the planet Earth billions of years ago in that general area. So going back, like with the word uh, the word American native or the term native 
that's a, a misrepresentation or a misconception that people of the Native American Indian classification are Indian. This term is used to determine by the United States federal government the classification and the tribal eligibility of so-called Native Americans. And the word native means belong to a particular place by by birth. Whereas indigenous means ethnicity or by the genetics. Because within the word indigenous is the word gene, which relates to genes or genetics. And gene means to give birth or free born, to be free born. The truth about America is hidden within the vortex of time and space and can be revealed to us through unfolding misinformation and seeking truth of our indigenous history, our story, or her story. So who are we as indigenous people and what do we have to offer the world? We have ourselves, you know, our true self, our true indigenous self is the most natural way to be. So we just get back to that and we are we are moving towards it every day. And um I'm loving it each step, you know. I've noticed it's, it's some opposition out here too though. So be very observant. Next few it's some I mean, tomorrow like we're saying is the twenty fifth, so the the planting of the seed is taking place so tomorrow is uh so called death of Osiris and that death means renewal. Don't think of death like uh, you know, something leaving and it it's just a renewal, it's a the transformation, it's a a passing of the guard or what, a changing of the guard or what or whatnot. So it's not like it's not a death of the body and, and mind and spirit and soul of, of an entity it's not like that. Really speaking on the changing up of uh, autumn going into, about to go into winter. And also, as we know, the 30th is uh, the 13th month. The first day of the 13th month. Thanksgiving is on Thursday. And three days later, was Thanksgiving is, uh, what is that, the 26th? You know, I'm kind of slow. Yeah, but today is the 24th, 25th, 26th, yeah, it's the 26th, so Monday is the 30th. So just be observing on the next few steps, next few stages. It's, 
it, you know, everything's getting a piece too. So just, you know, hotel, keep the inner peace, and, uh, you know, just give thanks, you know. I always have a lot more information that I would like to bring to the table that I, I, I mean, I put stuff together. I just, I go through my notes and bring things together, but then I'm like, uh, yeah, whatever. It happens, happens. So, you know, I try not to rush through anything, but it will be in the memo I send out. <laughs> now, again, I just now met. But uh, holiday season, holy day that we're going through. Remember, Haru Day is the light day, the light day. Or what not, huru huru, her huru day meaning, you know, what huru means like her, means face all day. But um, it's within us, you know. So the day is, um, as far as like the set going down, the darkness going down, we're now going into a, a, a space where. Those gifts, those abundance of gifts, those that that prosperity has the potentials of growing, like what we talk about with Christmas or whatnot. But chimney or this vortex is open all the time. It's open, but it's on. Like we we focus on spring, you know, but the hidden Easter or whatnot is is actually in autumn. Right here, you know, um, another attribute of uh, of Mercury, which is also representative of of Zeus or Hermes, but that's also representative of uh, Isolithus or Ophucus, the 13th sign. But um, inside of that, Mercury is the god of... uh, of thieves or whatnot, but not really speaking on thieves like of uh, someone stealing and whatnot. The thieves and merchants, but it's talking about prosperity. It's talking about the movement of of commodities or of the economy of resources, but being abundant, having prosperity, not necessarily being rich in in uh, physical type of like abundance, but just being able to have things that's necessary. So, you know, you know, give thanks. Do a coup, do a bet. A bet means family, basically. Praise family. Hope, Hopefully everyone will have a good uh, giving thanks year. You know what I'm saying? Sort of like that, uh, the, what they call, what's it called, uh, the black, uh, What's it called? The Black Month. Black Holiday Month. I, I mean, whatever it's called, it shouldn't be called the month of the uh, You know, reflecting on who we are as people, so called black, whatever. I guess that's why I don't even know the name of But, you know, so if we, we got that one month, then what about the other main 11 months? Who, what are we celebrating? What race or what not is going on that day? But, you know, so give thanks all year and all year long. Be you, represent you. I'm just gonna skedaddle on my bottles and everything. Don't eat too much if you're gonna eat on that day. I'm fasting myself on Thanksgiving. 
I'm going to attempt to just do watermelon or something. It ain't in season right now, so I might do an apple. But whatever the case, I might just pass on that day. And I'm not going to be here next week. I'm going to be out of town. Going out of town on the weekend, probably won't be back until uh, Monday. So Tuesday I won't be online. I won't be able to get online. But, uh, you guys have a very, very festive and wonderful holy day. And keep your heart on mind. And harness that energy. There was extra external emotions that might occur during Thanksgiving and the holy day season in general. And just so, you know, we focus that energy and bring it back up. Keep the peace and keep it moving and get that. All right.